From Finance and Commerce, this is Beyond the Skyline, a podcast about economic development, commercial real estate, and construction in Minnesota. Above all, it's a show about what's next, creativity, and the innovation and technology that are changing how we work and shaping the future of business throughout our state. In each episode, you will meet business leaders, builders, entrepreneurs, and big thinkers who may challenge the status quo, but also make their dreams a reality. I'm Joel Shetler, your host and editor of Finance and Commerce, Minnesota's oldest business newspaper and online publication. Thanks so much for joining me. I would also like to thank our podcast sponsor, Guarantee Commercial Title. Guarantee offers a new platform for the delivery of services based on the expertise and ingenuity of a visionary team of title professionals that identifies obstacles and creates solutions that result in a successful sale, construction, or financing of commercial real estate. To learn more, visit GuaranteeTitle.net. Like offensive linemen on a football team, roofers tend to go unnoticed until something bad happens. Quote, people only think about the roof if it's leaking, right? Says Jason Stock, Chief Financial Officer of Central Roofing, a longtime roofing contractor in Minneapolis. Quote, out of sight, out of mind. If water is staying out, it's good. If it's coming in, it's the end of the world. End quote. Central Roofing has done its part to keep roofs from leaking for more than 90 years. The company started out as a, quote, one-man shop during the Great Depression and has since grown to serve clients across the country. Local clients and projects include the Hubert H. Humphrey School of Public Affairs at the University of Minnesota, the Hennepin County Medical Center, and the historic 1888 Masonic Temple in Minneapolis. In the following interview with reporter Brian Johnson, Stock touches on the history of central roofing and the impact of COVID-19 on the roofing business as a whole among other topics. Pleased to be joined here by Jason Stock. Uh, Jason, I believe, is the Vice President at Central Roofing Company in Minneapolis. Is that, did I get your title right there, Jason? Correct, I'm actually the CFO Vice President, so all I right. deal with all the money. All right, great. All right, well, um, Central Roofing is a company that's been around an awful long time, uh, 90 some years, I understand. Uh, came from humble beginnings in Minneapolis and uh, has since uh, grown to do a wide variety of projects in and around the Twin Cities. So um, excited to learn about kind of how you got from there to here and uh, what you've been up to lately. So um, thanks for thanks for checking in, Jason. Appreciate it. Oh no, I'm glad to be able to be part of this. So yeah. So why don't you start out by, I touched on it a little bit there about your history, but it sounds like uh, the company started out pretty humble beginnings back uh, right around the time of the Great Depression. Is that right? It, it was. Uh, Central was founded in 1929 uh, by the Summers family. Uh, they actually, I believe, ran a convenience store and he was kind of moved into that next branch of, you know, things going, what can my customers need as a helping? Hey, we can offer them roofing. Um, so that's actually kind of started off with, you know, a couple guys in a pickup truck and has grown to what we are today. It's always interesting to hear about, you hear stories about that all the time, starting out with a couple guys in a pickup truck and here you yeah. are. Uh, what, what, are, what, where are you at now in terms of the number of employees and uh, things of that nature? We are just shy of 250 employees. Uh, there's a little over 200 out in the field and then we have, I think there's about 40 in the office and there's 
uh, eight, nine out in the warehouse piece. So uh, definitely a strong size company. And uh, it's about year round in the summer. We'll probably crest over to that 280 number. Um, we always like those college students who want to come and get a nice job for three months before they go back. Uh, actually, how I got through college myself, I did this for uh, put myself through college that way. But it was kind of always a nice plus on the fact that you can work three months and then you get nine months off. And I can tell you work really hard on your grades to make sure they're good so that you don't have to go back. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you could do a lot worse in terms of a summer job. That's for sure. You know, I always thought it was great. I always went back to school tan and well-built. <laughs> there you go. It keeps you in shape. Yep. Well, what uh, can you talk a little bit, Jason, about some of the types of work you do? It looks like you do a wide variety of projects from uh, your multi-tenant buildings, uh, historic renovation, that kind of thing. Um, do you do... Do you stick mostly to the commercial side, though, or um, what, what, I guess uh, give me a little overview, if you don't mind, on what you do and where. Oh, not a problem. I would say our focus is generally commercial. About 95% of everything we do is in that commercial market sector. Um, we do do some residential. We do most of our residential seems to be more of that like condo high rise. Uh, we do quite a bit of townhomes, but we have had to shy away from like the single family home just because we're not exactly equipped from that. You know, whenever he talks about that couple guys in a pickup truck, yep, they're great for doing the house and all those things. But if mm -hmm. you come to our yard, you know, it's potane cranes and semi trucks and all that stuff. And you're just not gonna be able to put that in that single family residential area. So, yep, we've always focused on the larger projects. You know, we've done the convention center uh, the Vikings training facility, so some massive ones, uh, HCMC. Mm. But we also have the largest service department in the city. Um, so at the end of the day, if you need your shed roofed at your house, we were able to do that too. Um, not really our focus, but we've always kind of been in the residential sector more of if you had a roof leak, we're able to help you out. Um, if you need a roof replacement, we're probably going to say when it comes down to it, there's more people who are better equipped to do that than we would be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, uh, you talked on your website about some of the specific projects that you do. Uh, one that uh, I, I was sort of drew me in was the uh, Masonic Temple roof. Um, I was wondering if you're familiar with that project and what some of the challenges were there. That's an 1888 historic building, I understand, and um, really presented uh, some unique challenges from a roofing standpoint. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much every time we get into the historic buildings, they're always the most fascinating and fun ones. Um, just because one, you want to be able to honor the historical part, not take it apart and destroy it. But so you kind of how you take the modern roofing day systems and incorporate it into that historical piece so you're not you know, changing the essence of what the building is. Uh, so in that case, you know, we always have to work with GCs and whatnot. And, you know, how do we make all of a sudden, because unfortunately in the construction industry, we went from years ago, we wanted everything to breathe. You know, we let the heat out, all those pieces. Now all of a sudden it's how airtight, we have air barriers to deal with, which creates condensation issues if we're not doing them properly. Um, uh, 
all of that piece. So it really does come into having to change the way we're looking at a building to make sure that one, we're not changing the structure too much that everybody can still see that historical value. Um, yet we're still gonna make it watertight. Most people are taking it from an old warehouse. How do I turn it into a residential house? Um, like the, I know that project had a bunch of different sectors and a time frame. And I'm also gonna say we're a lot better at building nowadays than we used to be because you look at a hundred year old wall and they always have a nice curve in them. And mm -hmm. it's kind of like, oh, I need this piece of metal to be straight. Well, that'll be fun. But um, you yeah. know, the talented craftsmen that we have here are able to really you know, measure all those things out so that we can put a straight piece of metal on a curved wall and it looks good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like some of those old buildings that the roofs were done in multiple layers and not not done the way we would do it today, right? And you have yeah. to go through uh, asbestos and all kinds of different things. Yeah, no, you're, you know, from tearing off like pitch products, which unfortunately you know, that gets on you kind of burn skin to asbestos products from years in the past to, um, you know, whatever, you know, silica dust and cutting things up like that. So there's a lot more hazards that we're aware of that were more of a natural presence back even when Central started than, you know, we're dealing with today. So always having to make sure we're providing PPE to make sure our employees and, you know, the general public in the area are safe trying to contain those items to make sure we're not spreading anything we shouldn't be. It's always been a couple of new challenges to deal with in this era, but you know, why shy away from a challenge? Yeah. Well, you mentioned PPE and that, of course, everybody's talk, been talking about PPE in the last year plus now. Um, uh, so it makes me wonder how, how has your company done during the pandemic? How has that affected your business, your workload and things of that nature? Um, I mean, it would obviously affected us like everybody else. When, you know, Minnesota first went into that shutdown thing, we did our best to honor that the best we could. Uh, obviously, we're kind of essential to make sure we're not having customers with leaky roofs and all those things. So um, we kind of kept a skeleton crew going in that era. Um, and then we kind of brought everyone back. So, you know, all of a sudden, crew management, crew tracking, employees, you know, making sure we're sending the right amount of people, no one extra. Unfortunately, like in our industry in the past, a lot of people would do crew hopping. So like you'd have a couple of guys who were kind of like the main crew and then a couple of floaters. We had to kind of get rid of that system to make sure that we were kind of keeping everybody in that core group in a small group as possible, just to make sure that if someone was to get sick, we weren't gonna have a mass spread throughout the organization. Communication has been a big one. Obviously, in the past, superintendent would drive to every job site every day, have that conversation. Where are we at? What are we needing? That had to be changed to video calls, cell phones, pictures. Um, so that piece of like communication of what's needed, how's trucking from warehouse to field going to be managed to make sure that you know we're not having cross contamination between job sites. Um, the other big thing is obviously everybody's noticing stores like supplies are getting lower and lower. Um, in the last year, our inventory's probably doubled in size just to make sure I always have enough. We always have a standing joke here that nothing stops the train because if the train stops, it takes too long to get going again. Um, so those are all of those pieces that we had to make sure we're always trying to stay in front of it. It's like, okay, it used to be a one week lead time. Now it's two weeks, now it's a month. 
So I had an inventory that was good for two weeks. Now it's good for eight weeks. Uh, so those kind of dollars have been a little more pressing. The other thing that I've never thought, I have the rivers with the cleanest hands in the world nowadays. So, um, but when it comes to a mask wearing during tear off, I've been doing it for years. So yeah. it's actually not totally different. Just now they have to wear it all day. Yeah, yeah. Well, for a company that started out in the depression, I'm sure there, there's a history there of getting through some pretty rough times. Not that you guys or any present employees were around then, obviously, but um, the company has persevered, right? It has. It's been through a bunch of challenges. You know, obviously, Great Depression as a starting era. You got uh, World War II, Korean War, all of them throughout the years. Um, so it has just been one of those companies that has just continued to go along, be a part of the community here in the Twin Cities, um, and just kind of prosper. I mean, it's had different leadership. I mean, it was the Summers family, then it became, um, you know, got passed down to his son, which went to the son-in-law, which actually sold it to corporate America, where we ended up buying it from 10 years ago. Uh, so now it's back to family owned and, you know, doing really well, but uh, it's had a lot of different faces over those 90 plus years. But overall, it's always had that, you know, quality first professionalism. So it's always kind of had a really nice brand. Mm -hmm. Well, it looks like other family members are involved in running the company now. I saw a number of different people named stock on the website. <laughs> yep. Um, so obviously we are woman owned and operated. My uh, mother, Jerry Stock, is the president CEO. Mm -hmm. um, my father is the senior vice president in charge of operations. Um, my sister is actually Jessica Tesdall. She does all of our marketing stuff. Uh, actually, my uncle is in charge of the warehouse out back. So um, I'm always impressed with the roofing industry that it's amazing how many like families are all kind of involved. Mm. Uh, if you looked at my payroll roster, you'll see a lot of the last names, uh, different groups from you know fathers and sons to brothers to cousins that all kind of work here. It's kind of unique. Great. Well, what are you working on these days? Any specific projects of interest that you care to mention? or? Yeah, we, we got, uh, obviously we're in the first quarter, so things are a little slow due to be in Minnesota, but we're working on the Eden Prairie uh, School. They have a massive addition going on down there. Um, some of our challenges in that project is that, you know, even in the COVID, you know, school has been hybrid to distance learning to, I think a lot of them are back in school now. Uh, so working out of school with the children being present is always a bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, the other one is we have about 35 guys currently up in Fargo roofing the new Amazon warehouse getting built. Mm. And, and that one's just kind of on its peer size. Um, you know, it's kind of like everybody talks about square feet, but in this one, we talk 25 plus acres of roofing. Wow. Uh, we always joke that you don't want to forget anything on the ground because it takes it's a little over a mile to walk around that entire building. So, um, but those guys have been doing phenomenal. Our warehouse staff has been doing great. They're going through about nine semi trucks loads of material every day. Um, so just the peer coordination on that is just astonishing. Yeah, that's quite a project. What's your outlook for the rest of 2021 and beyond? Do you see a pretty steady workload? Is it, are things starting to come back? Um, our sales staff has just 
there's more stuff out there than we can currently even get to in the bidding world. So it's really strong. Um, you know, the infrastructure bills that keep continuing to be put in place are looking, you know, great for us in the construction industry. I would have a little concern if I was going to pop one maybe in 22, but I don't know if we're going to get through everything we have this year to have 22. So maybe late 22, but even then, I believe there's going to be a ton of work. I mean, obviously, I think interest rates will continue to rise up a little bit in the next couple of months, uh, but there just doesn't seem to be any slowing down. Um, you know, we always run into that issue is we can't find enough people. Uh, you know, I would love it if more people promoted the trades for jobs in the future. Um, you know, it's one of those things that we're kind of uh, just starting to market to ourselves is that, you know, how do we get more younger people involved in going, hey, I want to learn a trade and be become a professional, you know, from tinners, roofers. Um, I mean, it's it's not what everybody thinks it is anymore. Yeah. What's your sales pitch to try to get younger people involved? Um, you know, obviously, if you're looking for, you know, you know, work hard, honest living, uh, you know, be a part of a team. Uh, you know, we have benefits and all those great things like our bills from 401ks to health insurance to retirement plans. Um, but, you know, you get great pay. Um, you know, on a plus side, you don't have to spend massive amount in college debt nowadays. Um, you actually get paid training. Uh, all of our unions offer great apprenticeship programs that allow you to, you know, start at day one and work your way forward to make sure you can do it safely and productively. Um, so it's a, definitely a new avenue. Um, but no, we're looking at, you know, how, how can you become a professional? Everybody thinks of a professional as, you know, lawyers and doctors and whatnot, but it's kind of like, you know, you can become a professional tradesman and, you know, it's an exciting time too. Yeah, a lot of people have been talking about that for years, just finding that next generation of workers. So yep. if you come up with a magic solution, I'm sure people will be all ears listening. I could probably sell it and I'll make more money, right? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, hey, Jason, uh, been good chatting with you. Do you have anything else you care to add before I let you go? Um, no, not off the top of my head. Like I said, I appreciate the time and uh, the opportunity to do this thing and uh, I guess pat ourselves on the back because uh, I'd like to say that it only takes one person, but you know, I have a phenomenal team behind us here at Central and uh, we all really do work together to make that family type organization where, you know, you're not just a number here. Uh, you're actually a person and I try to learn everybody's backstory a little bit. So um, yeah. I'm actually very honored to be part of this team. So Great. Well, it's an interesting segment of the industry that maybe we don't talk about uh, as much as we should, but it's uh, it's an important segment of the industry as well. So everybody <laughs> only, only think about their roof if it's, it's leaking. Right, exactly. <laughs> kind of that out of sight, out of mind. Uh, yeah. If water's staying out of it, I'm good. If it's coming in, end of the world. <laughs> It's like the offensive lineman, you only hear their number called if they commit a penalty or something. So Yep. So a very important piece, but unfortunately probably overlooked. Yeah, yeah. Well Jason, thanks again for checking in. Uh good luck going forward. Uh nice visiting with you. Oh okay, appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Beyond the Skyline. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about finance and commerce or to subscribe, go to our website, 
www.finance-commerce.com. I'm Joel Shetler, Editor of Finance and Commerce. Thank you again for listening to Beyond the Skyline.